Hello, listeners. My name is Natasha Stewart. I am Kanis Fatima. And I am Christian Hand. Today, we are summarizing chapters 21 through 24 in Evicted by Matthew Desmond. Chapter 21, Big-Headed Boy. Sharina used the insurance money from Lamar and Kamala's former apartment building to buy two neo duplex instead of fixing the apartment that burned down. Doran's apartment was in need of repair with a broken toilet and clogged sink. The house failed the tenants and the tenants failed the house. The family became lethargic and depressed. The children missed homework and their grades dropped. Natasha gave birth to a baby boy, Malik Jr. The next day, she held her new baby and took him back to where her family was living in the rat home. Chapter 22, If They Give Mama the Punishment. Vanetta's daughter, Tembi, pulled the fire alarm in the lodge and the family was forced to move. Vanetta and Crystal, were approved for a rundown apartment after trying to rent 73 places. Crystal got into a fight, causing damage to the apartment. Vanetta paid for the damages and kicked Crystal out. She later received a call from Child Protective Services and suspected Crystal had notified them. A public defender represented Vanetta in court for her armed, ro- her armed robbery charge. The public defender did not argue that she was waking at 5 a.m. every morning to look for housing, attending GED classes, and caring for children. The judge imposed an 81-month sentence, 15 months in prison, 66 months of probation. Crystal was found ineligible for SSI, and her only source of income came from food stamps. She began selling sex to make ends meet. Chapter 23, The Serenity Club. Scott worked to get his nursing license back. He was required to end bi-weekly AA meetings, pay to have his urine tested at least once per week, and had to stay sober for five years. After four months of sobriety, Scott signed into the Milwaukee County Behavioral Services Division Access Clinic to see a psychiatrist for depression. Scott ended up relapsing on heroin after learning that the AA and group therapy sessions uh, were redundant and the clean urine drops he had made did not count towards his nursing license. Scott borrowed $150 from his mother and went to the 10th Street Methadone Clinic. Because he could not afford both methadone and rent, he checked into a shelter. After a year of treatment costing over $4,700, The county dropped his bill to $35 a month, and he was offered subsidized housing. Two years and three months after losing his license, Scott started saving for the necessary lab tests. Chapter 24, Can't Win for Losing. Two months after her eviction, 89 prospective landlords had rejected Arlene and her two sons. Her son, Jory, attended five different schools between the seventh and eighth grade. Finally, the 90th landlord Arlene contacted said yes, but shortly after moving into that apartment, Jory kicked his teacher and a police officer followed him home. 
The landlord offered to refund the rent and security deposit if Arlene and her children moved out by the end of the week. Arlene and her sons moved in with Trisha, her boyfriend and his family. After a month and a half, Trisha and the other adults disappeared and Arlene and her family moved into her sister's place. Arlene lost all of her possessions and storage. She missed three appointments and her welfare case was closed, meaning she didn't get welfare anymore. We were asked a few questions on tw Twitter and we would like to answer them. First, how is it so easy for Scott to relapse on his addiction? Well, I think that Scott relapsed on heroin after learning that the AA and group therapy sessions he was attending weren't as um, helpful as they were in the beginning. And the clean urine drops he had made did not count towards his nursing li license, so that gave him false hope. Um, also, the family Scott was staying um, it was, with, was former addicts, and Oscar was relapsing on heroin at the same time as Scott was. So it sounds like Scott didn't have much going for him. He didn't own property or a home. Our second question is, why wouldn't Sharina want to upkeep her properties? The Hinkson's apartment has clogged drains and is filthy. Why not invest in upkeep so the new tenants move in there with less work and cleanup? Um, one of the reasons Sharina would purchase two new duplex over unkeep on current properties and renting them is because she would make more money. And also, Sharina didn't believe her tenants would take care of the properties as it is, so she wasn't going to invest money into their apartments. And there was no trust between her and her tenants, even though she did seem to care when they went to court in these eviction processes. Our third question today is, how does the church affect Crystal's life? Is it good or bad? Crystal always puts money into the donation basket at church, but don't ask, for, ask or inform church leader of her lack of housing. And at the same time, the church never asks about her situation, and she still donates most of her income to um, the church, which makes for a non-reciprocal relationship which could go for the relationship between the church and just poor families in general. So the church is having a negative effect on Crystal because she is donating her money that she does not have much of when she could be using that money to provide housing for herself. Our next question is, how do neighbor relationships play a role in housing? Neighbor relationships can affect uh, the way that you interact with your landlord and your neighbors can actually report you based off of truths or lies to the police, to your own landlord if you share one, and child protective services making it easier to get evicted. Um, so in the eviction book it talks about uh, Crystal and Arlene and her two boys were living together below Trisha and her boyfriend. There was a domestic violence occurring between Trisha and her boyfriend. Crystal called the police even though Arlene told her not to because they could both end up getting evicted. Um, sometimes when the tenants um, witness any violation, they have to keep themselves silent in order to not being evicted, to kind of like protect themselves. 
from losing their place? Our last question is, why does Arlene receive less help than Scott, even though she is a single mother with two kids? Scott's story seems to end off in a positive light, while Arlene's is still ongoing. Is this due to lack of resource? Yes, there does seem that Scott seems to have uh, more resources than Arlene does. Even though Arlene has two kids, her struggles are still um, there and are ongoing. And you can see that at the way that her story ends, um, unlike Scott's. And it makes me question whether or not systematic racism plays a key role in Arlene's story, since she is a black single mother with two sons and how she always tends to get kicked out because of her um, black sons who may be um, the tenants or the landlords might be prejudiced against um, black kids. And I think it is an important conversation to have, especially since Evicted did end on those two stories. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Natasha Stewart. And I'm Christian Hand. I'm Kanis. Stay tuned until the next episode. Have a wonderful weekend. You just listened to We Are Made of Stories, a podcast created and produced by GBSU students. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, please email us at wamospod at gmail.com. Thank you.